Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. The Lord is good, isn't he? And I appreciate being here, and we love your pastors. What great hearts you have to lead you. And... Uh, they bless us as well, and so I believe the Lord has some things that he wants me to share with you. Let's pray as we look to him. Father, I thank you for this grace of speaking out your word, Lord. I pray that each person that is in the sound of my voice will receive all that you have available for them this day. Thank you, Lord, for the pouring out of your spirit that quickening of our bodies, the renewing of our minds that take place when you activate in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and give you the glory, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. Before I give the message that I have, the Lord, the other night as I was reading, gave me a scripture and some instruction that I should share that with the congregation because it's meant for someone in this, in this ministry. And uh, I never received a, a me- message or a word like this before, but I want to read the scripture that he gave me. It's Psalms 27.10. And that scripture says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. He just gave me that word. That, that, that word indicates someone here has had a tumultuous background with family. And I believe the Lord wants to just touch you, bless you, and, and encourage you that even though what is past has been difficult, that what he will do for you now is going to undo the effect of all of that. We have his word, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord, he's gonna take over. Let me pray for whoever needed that word, Father. I, I just bless that word. It is a word from you, Lord, to the hearts of these people that need to hear that today. Father, that you pour out your spirit upon them, that you become that father, that mother to them, Father, that you, you will grace them and lift them up and break every yoke of bondage that has been presented to them over this breach in their family relationships. Bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hallelujah, such as it is. <laughs> I entitled my message, The Story of the Glory, and uh, yet it has a different slant than you might be thinking, because my subtitle is, Why Do So Many Problems Plague the Human Race? (laughs) Ever Since the Garden of Eden. (laughs) And so, uh, how many of you understand that we have difficulties in this world? That's, that's about three people. Uh, the rest of you, I guess, are living heaven on earth here. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? 
mankind is beset with weaknesses, struggles, trials, and things that just shouldn't happen, happen regularly. And yet God is the author and finisher of our faith, and we have something that we can go to him with, and that is his word. And so I want to give you a little spiritual history of mankind to start with. Because if we understand uh, what's behind the scenes, then we can understand why we have some of these struggles. Because there's, there's two forces in this world. There's God, and it, what's the other force? Have you ever heard of him? The devil. <laughs> Those two are real, and they are going to affect us in this world. Now, I'll start by just saying the story of mankind started a long time ago in heaven. And so I want to read from Isaiah chapter 14, 12 through 15. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? The story, our story starts right here with Lucifer in heaven. Lucifer was an archangel that was having some issues in heaven, okay? How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. You see, something was going on in heaven that had to do with Lucifer, and we read here what the problem was. Problem had, Lucifer had an I problem, right? I will, I will, I will. We've never seen that in a human race, have we? <laughs> I will, it was a pride, it was a, it was a challenge to God. Lucifer said, I will be like the Most High. Guess what? The very definition disqualifies him. Because the Most High isn't going to have somebody else be like him. And so he, he was stirring up the trouble. Lucifer had a rebellion in heaven against God, and he was cast out. Okay. Lucifer became lifted up. He had a will of his own, and a, he exercised it against God. Unrighteousness was found in him. And so he was thrown out of heaven. Where was he thrown to? This scripture says, cut down to the ground. I wonder if there's ground in heaven. No, because he's thrown out of heaven to down to the ground. Okay, hold that thought. 
Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, we get more definition. It says, so the great dragon, he has other names besides the devil, but uh, they all mean the same thing. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Cast to the earth, in the dirt, right? Okay. Wonder why God put him on earth. He could have put him on Mars, right? (laughs) That'd be okay with me. cast him to the earth. This Lucifer became known as a dragon, uh, serpent, devil, Satan, same guy. Okay. But the earth was the place Satan was cast out to. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw uh, threw them to the earth. So, the devil and his cohorts, we'd call them demon spirits, were cast down to the earth. Do you have an idea why we have some trouble here on this earth? Uh, Because uh, there is going to be some things we have to understand and see. Now, when do you suppose this thing took place? Was it yesterday? No. It was before we understand man was created. And so if, uh, before we ever came into being as human beings, before Adam and Eve, this conflict in heaven had taken place and God said, out. And he, he assigned him the earth the rebellious place, that's where you go. And so God, my notes just disappeared. God, they came back. (laughs) God had taken what he wanted to do and he has a plan, okay. If you go to Genesis chapter one, verses one and two, it'll give us a description of the earth. It says in the beginning, but God has no beginning or end. So it's just for our benefit in the beginning of the story for us, see. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the, of the waters. Now, it doesn't say it directly, but I believe that God, when he creates something, as we see in 
the first chapter of Genesis, it, is, it was good, it was good, it was good. It wasn't full of darkness and chaos and, and turmoil. And so I believe that the earth had been created, the devil, thrown, Lucifer, thrown out to the earth, and he made it the way he is. He created it with his, his personality, you might say. And it was full of chaos, and it was full of darkness, and there he sits, probably enjoying himself. Ooh, I love this chaos, I love this darkness. Okay. But now God is, is coming along, and he's going to uh, do something. He, God created this, but then it's full of darkness. Actually, James 1.27 says, in God there is no darkness. So we know the darkness, the devil had become the rule of the earth and he created it or took it over and, and did what he did with it. Some people suggest that the uh, time of the dinosaurs and stuff like that was before man was created. And they're all extinct, wonder why. Devil had his way. And so, I'm telling a story, I'm painting a picture. You can agree with me or not, but we're going somewhere with this story. God had a creation called man, mankind in mind. He placed man on earth. He made a place for man to dwell. And so he chose earth to put his man. Now did God, God know somebody was here already? I think so. Now when you read the creation, right, he said, let there be light, and there was light, and let the heavens and the stars and the firmament of the earth, and boom, everything came into being, and he's just shaping it. What's he doing? He's making a place for man to live. So he's creating this beautiful place, and he's got in mind, this is, I gotta get this done right, because my man's gonna live here and he loves the man, and so he's gonna make a place real nice. Genesis 1.31 says, and God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And so we see the picture. God had stepped in and created a beautiful place for man to dwell. I wonder what the devil was thinking. Spirit of God starts hovering over his darkness, and God starts saying, let there be light, and whew, that, his old darkness kind of took off. And right in the face of the enemy, God's creating a beautiful landscape. Amen. Then we go to Genesis chapter one and verse 26. 
And we start reading and it says, then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. <laughs> uh, de <laughs> devil, devil. <laughs> and so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created he, male and female, okay? Mankind is both male and female. He created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over. And he mentions again fish and birds and over everything that moves on the face of the earth. Hmm. God's working a plan here. God's plan for man from the very beginning was him to be a God representative. Theologians over all of the centuries have studied the question, what is the purpose for why man is here? And they all agree. They don't agree on anything, but this one thing they do agree on. The purpose of man is to glorify God. To glorify God. And so that's what God was doing. He was creating the man, how? In his own image and likeness. We know God is a spirit, and therefore we are a spirit being. Lucifer is a spirit being. But we human beings are in a God category, we have a spirit. We've been created, and God breathed his breath into us. The very life we have represents God. And so, I want to paint a picture for you who this glorious God is. I want you to picture the brightest light you can imagine. You know, we can't even look at the sun. We have to shade our eyes, turn away. Brighter than that by thousands of times. Take something like the atomic bomb and it goes off and just poo. And God holds that in the palm of his hand. And this is who our God is. He is light and in him is no darkness at all. The glory of God just shines greater than anything we've ever seen. He's at the throne room of God right now with Jesus sitting at this right hand overseeing his church on earth. Amen. God is glorious. He had in mind to make a man who would represent his glory, represent that light, that shining, that brightness, and he put him on earth. The scripture says... I don't have all these references because I don't have time to read everything I want to say. But the scripture says God crowned man with glory and honor. At the very creation, when he was made in the image and likeness of God, God put a crown on him of glory. 
And so I picture Adam now, created and in the Garden of Eden, and he shines like the sun. It says he was clothed in glory. He had a glory. You remember that before they sinned and things, it said they found out they were naked after they sinned. They didn't have any idea that they were naked before they sinned because the brightness of the glory of God was their covering. And they just moved as God representatives on earth. And that's what God created man to do. And so we, we see here that when Adam sinned, he began to realize, we're naked. Where did his covering go? It means the light went out. The glory departed. And man's sitting there in his humanity now. Oh, what a change. Then it says he went and hid himself. Covered himself with fig leaves and things. Why? He knew he was no longer like God. He'd lost the glory. His light had gone out. And he was in trouble. I imagine we know that feeling from time to time, right? (laughs) Man was created in the likeness and image of God in order to subdue this earth. He was put here on earth in the Garden of Eden to rule it and declare how it's going to be. God, in so putting him in charge, limited what God could do because he had given it to the man to do. Okay, so right now, we're human beings. We, th- we say God's almighty, he can do whatever he wants. No, he can't. Because he honors his own word. And so when he gave the dominion, the rule, ruling power to the man, He doesn't come in and say, well, you're not getting it right. Get out of the way. I'm going to do it the way I want to. No, he's limited himself by delegating it to man. And so we we see the problem that has arisen. Man was created to have authority and take dominion of the earth, and then he decided that he wanted to... uh, Let the devil in. The temptation, you know. I'm not going to read it all. But the serpent came and said, Did God really tell you this? Now all all Adam would have had to done was say, No, out. Get out. But he didn't say that. They ended up succumbing to the temptation They lost their glory. We call that condition of man lost, fallen, sinful, took on a sinful nature right then and there, passed down generation to generation. You were born with a sinful nature. I was born with a sinful nature. Every person on the face of this earth born on this earth uh, uh, with sinful nature. 
Whew, is that what God had in mind? No. Not what God had in mind at all. Satan's good at what he does. He's good at destroying. So here's what happened. Lucifer had been cast down to the earth. Lucifer is called the devil, the fallen angel. Then he watched God create a beautiful place for his man to dwell right in his own backyard where he had made it all chaos and darkness. Then God took a lump of clay of the ground, of the dirt. How many know we're made out of dirt? Took a lump of clay off the ground, formed it, shaped it into man, and then breathed his own breath, his own spirit into that lump. And that lump became a living being, Adam, arose from that dirt, God's creation. And he breathed the life of God into that lump of clay and then told the lump of clay I give you dominion over this earth. The lump of clay didn't have any history, didn't have any background, didn't know what he was getting into. Just like we don't sometimes. But this, this story is amazing because he told this man to rule this earth have dominion over everything that's on it, even the creeping things, the serpents, and everything else that would be involved in that. And so Satan would not bow his knee to God in heaven, Lucifer. He said, I will this and I will that. And God said, no, no you won't, and out you go. And so here, the rebellious one is sitting in a place called earth, is making chaos of everything. You think God's done with that guy yet? No. He starts taking that dominion of darkness and creating a beautiful garden of Eden, and then he breathes on the, uh, on the dirt, and a man arises and he says, now you have dominion over everything. And the devil's saying, what's going on? What, what, this was my place. But now it's not his place. Man has been given the dominion. And, he, uh, and so, uh, when Adam arose and was said, I give you the dominion of this earth, if you can see the picture of this, in your face, devil, Right where you think you live, devil, I've got a glorious God-man. You didn't want to bow my knee in heaven. 
you will bow it before my man on earth. <laughs> Dominion was given. God planned. You see, we don't know that we're part of something way beyond ourselves. So we have a hard time. Oh, there's so many trials in earth. <laughs> there are. <laughs> we can't get away from that. Every one of us is going to struggle because there was struggle long before we have ever showed up. So don't think it's personal to you. It's common to everyone. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost, in whom the God of this world, okay, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of those which believe not, lest the uh, light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The devil took over from Adam the dominion and started to rule again, but now he's got man to contend with, see. He never had man to contend with before. And so now we see that uh, the, the, the blindness that happens is to hide the glory of God. He wants every one of us not to know what our creator made us to be. We're singing about see the glory this morning. I'll tell you, if you get a, a little glimpse, if you could just part yourself a little bit and glance in there, whoo, the light of the glory of God in the believers would just shine out like uh, uh, sunshine. But we, of course, we can't see inside ourselves, and so we have to read about ourselves and then accept the written word of God about ourselves because we can't tear us apart and look at what God's saying. We have to trust him, believe it by faith. And that's how he's assigned us believers to live. Now, the sin problem Jesus solved. Okay, in a nutshell, a man sinned. The one who has to pay the penalty for that man's sin is man. Nobody else can do it for him. So God's ultimate plan to get us back to the place of glory was to send a man born on earth just like you and I were born and yet without a sinful nature. Because if he's born like us with a sinful nature, nobody can save anybody. And so God had this plan. He's going to send. And so Mary conceived, the virgin conceived, brought forth a child called Emmanuel, God with us. That's who Jesus was. Total 100% man like you and I, and yet without a sinful nature because of the, God the Father was the Father. Jesus lived and moved and grew and he, he manifested God's glory and all of that and he went to the cross. He took uh, you, you and I, our sins on that cross and he <sighs> bled and died for us. And now the penalty of sin is gone and now he offers us what's called a new birth. 
where we get a brand new spirit and that brand new spirit is what? In union with God and no satanic nature anymore. Glory has been restored to the born again man. Hallelujah. First uh, Peter chapter two, verse nine, I don't think I had these on my list. It says, first Peter two, nine, it says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. See, believers, that's who we are. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into, I <laughs> love it, marvelous light. We could say glorious light. Colossians 1, 12 and 13, it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. We got it back, people. What Adam lost, Jesus got back. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. This glory connection is what was lost. He dealt with your sins, he dealt with every obstacle, and he said, it's now finished. And he welcomes in every person that is born on the face of this earth. Come, join my family. Have to do it by faith. Hallelujah. But can you see why there's so much struggle over human beings? The devil wants to manifest himself on this earth by us grumbling, complaining, cursing, using God's name against him, everything. Because the devil hates God and hates every one of us so vehemently because we are God's people. And then God because of the delegation of the authority, has to wait for us to just say, in the name of Jesus, no devil. And we go, oh, my problems are so great. And you see, we, don't, we haven't le- really learned how to move in what God has uh, given us. And I know in this church, you're learning very quickly and you have an excellent ministry to teach you. But this is the story of the glory. This is what God had in mind from the beginning. And so the rest is up to us. Are you ready to represent him? Can you let his word affect you at work, in relationships, how you talk to people? Oh, don't don't be upset if you find yourself, you still have a temper, (laughs) because we all do but maybe we don't have to let it fly like we used to, right? (laughs) There's things we can do to help ourselves move into the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor, can you come and rescue me from this? Amen. Well, did you receive from the word? You know, it's such a wonderful truth that uh, we're, as born-again believers, we are not in the position that we were in before. 
We have authority over the enemy. I'm always reminded of Luke where the Lord said that he gave us the ability to tread, to tread on, right? Serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. A lot of times, and I know uh, this has happened, uh, Joy, you can come too, yeah. But this has happened through the years um, that I've watched take place uh, as spirit-filled believers as those that believe in the gifts of the spirit and operate in those things, minister by the gifts of the spirit. Sometimes people are desiring uh, somebody to lay hands on them and make the devil go away in their life. Um, and I always say this, if, if, if that could be done, I heard Brother Hagin say this actually, if that could be done, I'd have done it for myself already before I participated with you in that, right? But we're called what? To, to submit therefore to God and what? Resist the devil. Notice it doesn't say assist the devil. It says resist the devil. So if you go back and you just, I was thinking about, I mean, I wrote down so many things during the message uh, that just really stood out to me, but think about the progression that was presented of how Lucifer became Satan, how he became, how he got kicked out of heaven, all of that, understanding his nature, and then how he was cast to the earth, and then how the man was created, and the Garden of Eden was set, and the authority that he was given, and then the disobedience that he walked in, and, and stepping into that place, and then realizing, well, of course, we know that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, right? So we know that God knew we were gonna mess up, right? So he made a, he had a contingency plan for our redemption. And with the renewal of that redemption and the last uh, point that Pastor Tim was bringing out concerning uh, the restoration of the light. So don't just think light in the sense of uh, uh, no more darkness in that sense. It is a part of that, but also think authority. Uh, the last uh, st few statements that he made about standing in the position of your troubles or in the face of your troubles and saying, in the name of Jesus, I command this to leave. So, so this is a call, even with the tongue and interpretation that was given at the beginning, this is a call to what? To spiritual what? A greater level of spiritual activation or maturity, right? function within your spiritual legal rights. Amen? Come on, if you looked in the spirit and what Christ has given you and you thought, is there speed limits in the spirit? Well, the limits we have in the spirit are found within the graces that were provided in the resurrection. I'm gonna say that again. The limits that we have in the spirit are found within the graces that were provided in the resurrection of Christ. In other words, Jesus said, if you've seen me do it, you do it. Right? Okay. So wherever you're at in your life, whatever the situation is, anything that's operating in your life where you have a struggle, you can what? grab hold of the promise and speak to that situation in the name of Jesus. The thing that Adam did is he did what? He yielded to what he was supposed to resist. 
Come on, that's exactly what he's preaching. It is exactly it. What are you yielding to that you're supposed to what? Resist. Never yield to what you're supposed to resist. So anything that steals, anything that kills, anything that destroys, whether it be in relationships, a lack of walking in love, whether it be in a physical thing where the enemy is trying to put sickness in your body, operate in your body, whether it be a financial thing, you pick, you're on the earth, there is a grace supplied for you to be able to stand up, use your authority in Christ and resist the enemy and he will what? Now we have to say this because Christians don't believe it. Say it with me. Say, when I resist, the devil flees from me in the name of Jesus. Right? So I'm going to encourage you because we'll post this next week by Wednesday or something like that, this message. Listen to it again and again and again and again and then after you're done with that go ahead and listen to it and then do it do it do it do it make it your pattern make it your life do you understand what i'm saying put it into practice amen did you love that word man it's so good i love it you know the scripture says in proverbs it says if you hang with wise men you'll be wise amen so, so, such good truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give an altar call this morning, as I always do. We know that man has eternity planted in their heart, according to Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. We also know that God loves us and does not want us to perish. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We also know that people have sinned and sin causes separation from God. We know this from Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that heaven is a free gift and we can't earn it or deserve it. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We know that God brought us, uh, wanted to bring us back into relationship with him. And we see this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we have been saved from wrath through him. We know that we receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus Christ and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I would like to have you raise your hand uh, so that we can pray with you where you're at. If there's anybody online, you can let us know in the comments. If there's anybody here that get like to give your heart to the Lord or rededicate your life to the Lord, we want to give you that opportunity this morning just give you that opportunity to do that. I'll wait just a second. I know last week uh, people didn't raise their hand, but we had people come forward afterwards to the altar care and give their heart to the Lord. What a wonderful thing. Amen. Well, I don't see any hands this morning, so that's good sign. We're going to have a good boatload of people going to heaven. Praise the Lord. So did you receive from the word this morning in the presence of God? All right. So guys, walk in your authority. 
Walk in the power of the resurrection that you have. Don't fear your enemy. Don't fear your enemy. Amen? Don't fear his things. And go in the strength and the peace of the Lord. Don't forget we have Bible study Wednesday night. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.